Craig rushes the twins back into the tower for the fifth time. He walks fast, and they find themselves struggling to keep up. The induction ritual is exhausting and time-consuming, requiring prayer, confession, and exaltation. Between the scripted devotions, Craig continues to speak of Iris, the towers, and the end of days. The more he talks, the more deranged she seems to appear. They both pretend that they know what's going on, but the twins' anxiety continues to build the more and more he talks. The way he talks about Iris disturbs Katie the most. He treats Iris like a god, a supreme prophet that will save everyone from the hell of their time. Every time the name is spoken, a shiver goes down her spine. Katie looks over at Charlie repeatedly, disturbed by his dumb smile. He looks relieved, excited even. It worries her enough to stop her in her tracks. Grabbing Charlie by the arm, she pulls him down to ear level. What are you doing? What do you mean? Looking over, Katie sees that Craig is still walking, pretending that he hasn't noticed that they've fallen behind. He continues to talk to the air around him. I thought we agreed that we were just pretending to play along. It looks like you're starting to fall for this. He, he has to believe that we believe him. You need to stop being so defensive, making us look suspicious. We look suspicious? This entire situation is suspicious. Nothing he says makes sense. Did you not hear the way he talked about food? Charlie shakes his arm away from Katie and glances back at Craig. He's stopped now and is patiently waiting for them to finish their conversation. Looking back at his sister, Charlie doesn't even try to hide his words from the cameras. Can you just follow my lead? We can use this. We just need to pretend. This is all it is, okay? Pretending. Katie looks at Charlie and back at Craig before looking at Charlie again. Pretending. It sounds easy enough, yet she still feels uncertain. Seeing that Craig's noticed them stopping and talking, she doesn't continue the conversation. She can't find it in her to argue. Okay, just promise you'll snap out of this weird, creepy act when it's just us. Charlie hesitates half a second before nodding, already walking away. I promise. Once again, the twins join Craig in the ritual. An act. Just an act. Soon enough, the act will become the truth. Katie will follow. The twins are naive, one more than the other. They both make the mistake of letting their guard down as they follow the fourth eye through a series of tunnels to a large iron door. The siblings still look at each other before the eye turns around. Are you prepared to meet your god? Only Charlie nods. Yeah. Sure. Iris? Are you prepared? They squint at Katie. Feeling Charlie's stare burning into her side, she nods. Yes, you can trust me too. You can trust us. The door behind them suddenly opens as if on cue. The fourth eye gestures for their entrance. Charlie eagerly enters, and Katie anxiously follows up. She sees the bunker walls, the cold ventilation covers, the cameras. There will be no escape, and her uneasiness follows her like a shadow. The same shadow that torments another group in another tower. Dude! We've been walking around forever! Can you finally admit we aren't going to find anything else? Mickey stops from where he's digging through a desk to give him a dirty look. Maybe if you stopped whining about how there's nothing here and actually helps, look, 
We would have found something by now. Guys, stop. We know fighting isn't going to help. There's no point getting distracted by it again. You two are finally fine. Uh, he started it. I literally didn't. Guys! The boys stop and look at her, feeling sheepish for their bickering. Behind Lucia stands Flick, who kicks over a fallen chair. Watching it hit the ground, Mickey sighs. Maybe you're right. I don't think there's going to be anything else here. We've looked everywhere twice. <gasps> I told you so! Matt! Oh. Yeah, okay. Sorry. My bad. Matt quickly moves out of Lucia's line of sight after she gives him a dirty look to hide behind Flick. Lucia ignores them and returns her attention back to Mickey. So, what do you think we should do now? We've been here for hours. It's probably not safe to go outside again. We could always check the... Um... Mickey pauses, suddenly hit with an idea. Yeah, you're right. Let's just stay here for the night. We can leave tomorrow. There's not much keeping us here anyways. So, so you're just fine with that now? What? Giving up now. You were all huffy all day about staying here and looking for more Irish stuff, and now you're fine just being here? Is that such a bad thing? I'm not saying that, I'm just saying- Why can't you just trust me? Matt clenches their fist and looks down. A frown is clearly visible. Well, I'm gonna go back to the room, two doors from here. It has pillows and a couch. You guys can come if you want. Flick quickly follows him, but Lucia waves her hand, cringing. You snore. I'll take a different place. Well, well, you're not invited to the Flick Matt sleepover, then. He stops to look at Mickey. Neither are you! I didn't want to go with you guys anyways. Matt sticks his tongue out at him before leaving. Flick is close behind him because Mickey stops them. Wait. Uh... Lucia, can I see that cassette tape Iris left? I, uh, I just want to look at it a bit more before bed. Do you seriously think there's something we missed? I don't know. Well, just let us know if you find something, okay? He nods, turning away. Yeah, yeah, I, I will. There's an awkward pause before Lucia clears her throat, pointing her flashlight at the door. I'm gonna go find a place to sleep. Are you just staying here? Yeah, I'm already here, so might as well, you know? Lucia gives him a fake laugh of acknowledgement and makes her way towards the door. Before crossing into the hall, she pauses. Good night. I'll see you right here in the morning. Totally, totally. Good night. As soon as she leaves, the work begins tying cloth to his worn-out shoes and tying down the jangly bits on his pack, Mickey prepares to sneak away. He had already written a note while he was searching the tower earlier, and now he leaves it on his makeshift cot. Once his preparations are done, he sits in his chair, anxiously waiting for the rest of his group to fall asleep. He practically melts into the chair. Though it's ridiculously uncomfortable, the non-stop movement of the day catches up to him, and he falls asleep rather quickly. At the stroke of midnight, Mickey stirs again. Getting up, he leaves the tower almost silently, tracking the thin camera cords from the outside of their distant source. 
dogs begin barking again. After traveling for a while, he reaches the central tower. My tower. The bunker door opens invitingly, and barely looking back, Mickey enters, never to return to the world he had. When the morning comes, Matt goes into Mickey's room first to check on him. Nothing is found but a hastily written note. Cord, central tower, work better alone. Are, are you kidding me? He's insane! Coming from you? That's a compliment. <laughs> we have to go find him. Sure, but where is he? He only left this stupid note. He said where he was going, how he was tracking the wires. It looks like he was planning his next move while we were busy searching the tower. Ugh, he wants us to follow him. Ah! Ah! My feet! My feet! It hurts! Oh, my feet hurt! Ah! We have to go. Why does he always do this? Run off on his own like that. I'm going to kill him. With the instructions Mickey left, following the power cords to the central tower was easy. Once they arrived, a new voice boomed over them from the speakers on the outside of a foreboding gray tower. Behold, I am Iris, and you all are trespassing on my territory, leaning now or facing the consequences. Where is Mickey? <laughs> I'm going to find him! You can't stop me! You can suddenly try. With that, the bunker doors swing open, and the group enters the depths. Iris will wait. The horrors beneath are far worse than the hell above. Thank you.